Take off. Welcome to Doing Time with Joe. I'm your host, Joe Baker, back with another episode with y'all. Um, in this episode, I'm going to be talking about something that I think a lot of y'all will be able to resonate with. I'm going to tell this story about the time that I stopped one inmate from killing another inmate because the one inmate felt like he was being disrespected. Now, let me lay the foundation for other story first. Uh, a situation on the compound had happened where one inmate thought that the other inmate disrespected him when he came and talked to him about a situation that was going on. The one inmate approached the other inmate and told him, said, look, man, I need to holler at you about something, man, dealing with my pack. Now, when I say pack, y'all, I mean drugs, whatever the case may be, or phones, or whatever, some kind of contraband, right? So anyway, the one inmate approached him, and he said, look, man, I heard one of your boys, you know what I'm saying, picked up my pack out of the restroom. You know what I'm saying? The restroom is where it's commonly used to hide stuff in, so visitors can go pick it up or whatever. I mean, drop it off, and then the inmate will pick it up and bring it back in, or however they bring it back in, right? So anyway, he approached this inmate about, you know, his pack being picked up by somebody that was associated with that particular inmate, and that inmate ended up getting that pack, and he felt like he was being disrespected by that, right? So when he approached him, he said, look, man, I, need, I heard you got my pack. I need to get my stuff back, and so on and so forth, right? Or we're going to have problems, right? So the one inmate was like, look, man, fuck you. I ain't got nothing that belong to you, and that's just what it is, right? So the one inmate that owned the pack, originally owned the pack, rather, had the pack brought up to the prison. He felt like dude was disrespecting him by talking to him the way he was talking to him, and he felt like he had irrefutable proof that this guy had stolen or taken his pack, so, and he wanted it back. You know what I mean? He, he had his girlfriend bring it up there. They were relying on the money that was going to be made from the pack to take care of some bills. He had promised her that, so... And plus, he had made himself out to be more than what he was in the prison. It's like, nobody's going to take anything from me, so on and so forth. So he had that issue to deal with, with his girl looking at him like, man, you told me you was that dude, and now, you know, he didn't want her to believe that he wasn't that dude because he could potentially lose her, right? So he had everything to lose by not getting that pack back, right? So anyway, he stepped to dude, and he told him he wanted this stuff back. Dude talked to him like he was a real sucker. So... A couple of hours later, I come down on the ball field, me and my guys, and I was cool with this young dude, so he pulled me to the side asking could he speak to me, and I was like, yeah. I said, do you need to speak to me alone? And he was like, yeah. So I, I dismissed the guys that were always sitting around me and said, look, man, give me a few minutes with him. Let me see what's going on with him, and then I'll holler back at y'all later. And they was like, okay, bro, that's what's up. So they stood a few feet away. They couldn't really hear what was being said, but they're not going to leave me Back in that in the day when I was still in rotation, y'all know what that means. They wouldn't leave me too far. They wouldn't go too far away from me because they, they, they knew not to leave me by myself with anybody, right? That's just what it was. So anyway, they were standing a little bit away. So me and dude was talking. He said, look, Joe T, he said, man, I need some guidance on this issue, man. Dude, I think dude got my pack. I said, somebody got your pack? I said, what, he come in your room and take it from you or something like that? And he was like, no. Nah. I said, did they steal it? He was like, no. Nah. And then he told me the story, what I just told y'all about. You know, his, he had his girl bring it up to the prison, dropped it off in the restroom. And next thing you know, the other dude's mule ended up picking the pack up. The mule is the person that brings the pack back to the compound. You know, however they do it in the rectum or whatever the case may be, right? So I said, oh, okay. Then I said, how do you know that he has it? He said, well, you know, some suboxins hit the compound. Uh, I hadn't heard of anybody else that was going to be getting any suboxins in other than myself. Plus, he said that uh, his girl had put a purple mark 
on the paper that covered the suboxone, on the saran wrap rather, that covered the suboxone, you know what I'm saying? So at the end of the day, he uh, had heard that somebody was selling suboxone and had a purple mark on it. So he pretty much knew that he traced it back to the dude. He pretty much knew the dude had his pack. I said, oh, okay. And he said, uh, I need to get that, man. And he said, I want to talk to dude like a man. He said, dude, talk to me like I was a real sucker. Told me he didn't have my pack. And you know what I'm saying? Told me to get out of his face, cussing me out and all this. And I was like, oh, okay. I said, so uh, what you hollering at me for? What do you want me to do? You know, because back in the day, a lot of times guys would come to me in situations like that, and they would want me to intercede in the issue. And once I got into the issue, that meant that part of that pack belonged to me and the guys, right? And uh, But in this situation, that's not what he wanted. He had already made up his mind that he was going to uh, stick dude, right? And I'm like, why you want to do that? He said, man, if I let him take this pack and I don't do something, then I'm going to be a real sucker on the compound, right? And I knew everything that he's saying was true. People would look at him like he was a coward. I knew all of that was true, right? But I didn't want this young dude to throw his life away and kill this man or get killed himself because just because he was planning to stick this dude in the head with a butcher knife does not mean that that's what was going to happen. When he approached dude, dude might already be ready and he might be the one to end up getting killed, right? People always assume that they plan these little events or whatever you want to call these little things they're going to do to people. They always think that, that the plan is going to work out the way they see it. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's not necessarily the case all the time, right? So I'm trying to convince him, look, man, you cannot be focused on uh, this dude and what he said to you and, and the way that he said it. And I said, let me tell you this story, right? Let me tell you this story. And I said, it's going to apply a little bit to what you're saying and, 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 and I need you to take away from that you know, from the story, what applies to you so you can come to a conclusion that, you know what I'm saying, that you don't want to throw your life away. So I told him about another guy that something similar like this had happened, but this happened with a staff person, right? One dude was talking to a staff person, and the staff person was talking to him like he was a boy. He called him a motherfucker, you're going to do what I tell you to do, this isn't that, when I tell you to do it, and so on and so forth, because I don't have time to stop and explain everything to you, right? We got to get this job done, right? Because the guy worked for him, and he, he used to mow yard, you know, uh, the lawns at the prison, right? So his supervisor, he's got a lot to do. He does not have time to stop and explain everything to him. He's just trying to get the job done so they can go on. But he's being real disrespectful toward the inmate and trying to get him to understand, look, do what I tell you to do and so on and so forth. So dude got real disrespectful to the, toward the inmate, and the inmate wanted to do something to the staff person, right? So when he came to me, I told him, I said, look, bro, I said, let me tell you something that I've learned to do over the years, right? What I do is... I don't focus on how people come to me and talk. I focus on what they're saying, not how they say it. And that has helped me to move through this thing, this prison experience that I'm in, a lot smoother. When you focus on what the person is trying to say and not what they're saying, then you can lock in on what it is that you're supposed to get out of it. A lot of times, especially with me, if a person is talking to me in a disrespectful way. That's me meeting them where they're at. Just because I'm on a different level doesn't mean that I have the right to expect that everybody that I'm gonna interact with is on the same level or higher than me. When I say that I meet people where they're at, that means in good and bad situations. So this particular guy that he was talking to, mentally, that's where he was at. That's how he talked to him. It was disrespectful. 
meet him where he at, where he's at, and try to understand where he's coming from. I'm not trying to tell him that he should give the pack back, and I wasn't trying to tell the young dude that he, he should accept what the uh, officer was telling him and how he was telling him. What I was telling him is this, if a person is talking to you in a disrespectful way, in the midst of that conversation, forgive them for the way that they're talking to you and focus on what they're saying. I refer back to the Bible on that. When, when Christ was being crucified, what did he say on the cross? Forgive them, Father, for they know not what they do. In the midst of him being crucified and killed, he was focused more on what was going on as opposed to how it was going on. And that's what I try to do. I try to emulate that example. When somebody comes to you in a disrespectful way, forgive them for that. I'm not saying be a rug and let people run over you. It's not what I'm saying. But what I am saying is if you meet people where they're at and understanding fully what that means, then you have to accept that everybody is not on the same level. They're not going to communicate with you in the way, most of the time, in the way that you would like them to or the way that you're going to communicate with them. But what you need to be focused on is what they're saying. And sometimes when you're focused on what they're saying, it still doesn't mean it's going to come out to your good. So when I told this young man this story, he started to understand what I was saying, but he locked in on, okay, that was different. The supervisor was trying to get some work done, and he didn't have time to stop and explain in a nice way, we got to do this A, B, and C and get done. He said, my situation is different. Somebody is taking something from me. So I hit him back with this. I said, okay, I got you, bro. And keep in mind, I wasn't a saint back then, but I'm trying to do whatever I can do to keep this young man from hurting somebody or getting hurt himself and ending up in prison for the rest of his life. So this is what I told him. I said, look, this is the thing. You're doing wrong. What you're doing is wrong. What he's doing is wrong. So it's not a right thing in this. It's no moral high ground for any one of y'all to take. So focus on what the most high, the overall message of what's going on here. If what you were doing was so right, you would have the moral high ground to go to him for correction and say, look, give me my stuff back or do this and do it. Like if he took his food out of his cell or something like that. But this is a situation where he's involved in the drug game. And when I say he should have been focusing on, when I convinced him to focus on what was going on, the story, the moral of this story is to focus on you're doing the wrong thing. Don't focus on what he's saying to you. Focus on what is going on. You're doing the wrong thing. This is not something that you should be involved in. And when he started to think about that, he started to think, about, man, I done told my girlfriend this, and I done made her believe that I'm this dude, and I can take care of the business, and I can get this money and help you out, and this, this and that. And I said, I get that, and that's unfortunate. But I said, part of being a man is being honest. Now you need to go back and tell her the truth. Tell her what happened. If she really loves you, she's going to stick with you, man. And if she doesn't, she's going to get on down. If she's just with you for the money, you don't need her anyway. If she's just with you for what you can do for her in this situation, even if it's illegal, then you don't need her. You don't need somebody in your life that's going to be pushing you to do the wrong thing. Now, I know at this time, like I say, I'm in rotation. He's looking at me like, you know, I know what you do, Joe. You know what I mean? Which I am, keeping it real, at that time, I was being hypocritical as hell. You know what I mean? But... The lesson that I was giving to him, what I realized later on, 
is that was a lesson for me. You can't play both sides of this thing. You see what I'm saying? So this young man, he had told me, he said, man, I'm going to let that go, man. He said, but I don't know what I'm going to do. And now I did feel guilty, you know what I'm saying, because I'm giving him this advice, and I'm coming from a hypo hypocritical place because I was selling drugs too, right? But I'm giving him this advice, and I said, look, how much money do you need, man? And he said he needed $350. His girl needed $350, you know what I'm saying? And I said, that's it? And he was like, yeah, so I arranged for the money to be sent to her for him, and I said, but I'm only going to give you this money if you tell her the truth. I'm not going to give you this money and you let her think that you was in here and you hustled up on this and you that dude. You got to tell her the truth about what happened. Tell her that a friend gave you this money. You don't have to pay it back, but y'all got to figure out some kind of way to move forward in a way that's not going to be illegal, right? And he was happy. He grabbed my hand, shook my hand, hugged me and all this. And that. Joe, thank you, thank you, all this. And I said, no, nah, it ain't me. You know what I'm saying? Because the truth of the matter is, now I got to get this 350 back. You know what I'm saying? I got things to do too, right? But I so much didn't want this young man to end up ruining his life. And in that moment, I felt like that this was the right thing to do. And that is one of those instances that, you know, I always look back on and I take as part of my journey that made me walk away from the lifestyle, made me understand how evil and hypocritical uh, that lifestyle is, those choices that we make are. And I felt like that, you know, for me, convincing this young man that the best route for him to go is to leave that whole lifestyle alone was the right thing for him to do. And he did that. And from that point on, he really focused in school, uh, got his GED. Uh, he made parole three years later, went home. Him and his uh, girlfriend got married, you know, had a little girl. Uh, he stayed in touch, you know, and all of that old kind of stuff and whatnot. And we're still cool today. I haven't heard from him in years, you know, but I do check on him every now and then, you know. And uh, he's doing fine out there. And uh, whenever we do get the chance to talk, like I said, it's been three or four years since we've talked. But, well, actually longer than that. But whenever we do get to talk, he always, you know, reminds me of that story when I gave him the money. He keeps telling me he's going to give me the money back, but he ain't going to give me that money back. You know what I'm saying? But I really uh, look back at that. And I just wanted to share that with y'all because a lot of times the stories that I talk about, you know, people in here doing things and they get hurt or whatever the case may be, and I try to expose the evil side of that. I just wanted to share a story with you that uh, ended up being a good one. You know, he walked away from the life. Uh, he didn't go with this guy uh, to hurt him or, you know, to kill him like he wanted to because, you know, I hope that, you know, God interceded and, and pricked his heart and he was able to understand what I'm saying. I hope he did. That's what it seemed like anyway. And I just wanted to share that type of story with you as opposed to always letting it be something where it's an ugly, ugly thing because I think that was a beautiful thing to what happened, right? But I'm going to wrap this up with that. You know what I'm saying? I hope you got something from that. This has been another episode of Doing Time with Joe, the crime critic. Peace, y'all.